Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This is Reverend Crosme with you this evening. Praising God for another wonderful day. And uh, so happy to be with you again this evening that we may continue to learn of him. We are going to open our study with a word of prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, O Lord, and we worship you for who you are. We thank you for the incredible gift of your word, for the gift of Jesus Christ, and for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We pray that you would open your word to our hearts and minds, and that you would also renew us and renew in us a hunger and appetite, O oh God, for your word, so that we may grow in peace, we may grow in grace, we may grow in joy, we may grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. We celebrate today, Lord, the blessing that you provided us in Christ, and we commit ourselves to you and to the word of your grace that is able to build us up and give us an inheritance among those who are sanctified. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, we thank God for another day with him, at the, sitting at the table of his word. And we are continuing with the, our study from last week, be, be steadfast. Amen. Be steadfast. So this is part two. In our study last time, we saw that God's instruction to us is that we be steadfast and unmovable. First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58 says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Ha Amen. Hallelujah. You know, God gives us such directives because he knows that we live in enemy territory. The Bible tells us that Satan is the God of this world. And his destructive nature forces us to ever be striving to overcome his plans and purposes, which are meant to keep us sick, poor, depressed, and defeated. Jesus said in John 10, 10, Satan has come to steal, to kill, and destroy. And Satan does this by always attempting to frighten us, to hold us in bondage, to fear, so that we would focus on the problems. We would focus on, if I can call it, the giants and judge them too big to defeat. And this ultimate slave master that he is will fight us, just like Pharaoh fought the Israelis under Egyptian bondage. He slanders, he accuses, he resists 
our freedom, our prosperity, and our well-being, to prevent us from enjoying the kingdom of God and what is rightfully ours. So over time, the problems and pressures of the world, if we allow them, they end up stealing the love and joy from our lives. And this warfare will continue until we make him give up. Amen. Let me say this again. The warfare will continue until we make him give up. We might be wondering, well, how do we stop the enemy? How do we, you know, force him to give up? Well, to do that, we must develop an attitude of steadfastness. Amen. Uh, if I can call it an aggressive attitude, but in the good sense, uh, an, an attitude that is constantly willing to do it God's way, to stand on the word of God, to be unwavering, resolute, persistent, determined, tenacious, to be loyal and faithful to God and to his word. This is what it's going to take to defeat our enemy. Amen. In the Bible, we read over and over again about those who uh, persevered and overcame. And, you know, it is one thing to have vision, and it's another to have godly motives. But neither of these by itself will carry us to our objectives. Amen. We must persevere. The root word, persevere, is the word severe. And we must face the fact that on the way to the victory that God has promised us, our difficulties may get severe. And likewise, it is with severe faith or severe or extreme steadfastness that we inherit the promises of God. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 36 says this. It says, for you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Amen. Notice that we have need of patience so that after we have done the will of God. So there is a will, amen, that God has for us that requires a doing, amen. And then when that has been completed, we receive the promise. Notice also what James chapter 1 verses 2 through four says, James one verses two through four, that my brethren count it all joy when you fall into diverse 
temptations. The temptations here speaks about trials. Amen. Verse 3, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have a perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Amen. Meaning lacking nothing. The message here is that we are to develop endurance. We are to develop perseverance and steadfastness. Amen. This is what the working patience is all about. And these qualities are qualities that breed in someone's character and helps to develop in the believer the nature of Christ. And the perfect result of steadfastness is our perfection. Notice it says, but let patience have her perfect work. So the perfect result of patience and steadfastness is our perfection or our maturity, which speaks of our transformation into Christ-likeness. It says that you may be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. Amen. Notice also that Hebrews chapter 3 and two verses that we saw the last time, and I'm going to read them again today, um, verses 6 and verse 14. These verses explain that the fulfillment of the destiny that God has for us, it demands that we keep hold steadfastly to the assurance, to, the, to our conviction of faith in God's promises until they are manifestation. Amen. Let's see verse 6, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 6. The Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Amen. And again, in verse 14, we read, for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. So you see that two-letter word keeps showing up, if, I-F, implying conditionality. If we do not hold on, then we become disconnected from God's house, from God's plans and purposes for us. We, dis we are disconnected from all that God has to offer us. So we are to, according to these verses, hold on to number one, our faith, our confidence, hallelujah, in that, in what God has said, amen. And number two, we are to hold on to the rejoicing of the hope, meaning that we are to cling to what 
our earnest expectation, which is our hope, that has been revealed by God, everything that it carries with it, which is good, and that is why we are rejoicing. Because if we don't, then we end up slipping into unbelief. And we saw in our last lesson that unbelief is deadly because it cuts us off from God's promises and causes us to live in fear and failure. So we must not allow ourselves to doubt. We must come to the place where we believe with every fiber of our being that nothing outside the word of God has the power over us. Amen. If we are born again, children of God, then nothing outside of us can overcome us because anything outside of us is void of life. And consequently, it has no power. Amen. Only the word has life in it. And if we feed on the word of God, then the word is in us. And the word is eternal. So it will never fail us. It will never change. Amen. Jesus says, the word that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Hallelujah. That's found in John chapter 6 and verse 63. Praise God. And so we see that God is good. God is faithful. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9, we are told that he has called us unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The word fellowship means to share, to partake in. So as Romans uh, chapter 8 and verse 17 tells us, we are joint heirs with Christ. It means that we are sharing in, we are partaking in everything that Christ has. And so all that he has, we have it too. But in order to inherit all of this, we must follow the requirements, the requirements spelled out uh, in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11. And actually it's 11 and 12. And this is what we looked at in our last lesson. Those verses, let me read them. It says, and we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Amen. So we are to follow the examples of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. You see, God is so good. 
he doesn't just tell us to do it, but he actually lays out in his word accounts or examples of people who have gone through trials, who have gone through tribulations, hallelujah, but because of their faith, they were able to endure and they were able to inherit the promises, which means that if they did it, we too, we can do it. Amen. Hallelujah. And the Bible reminds us in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13, that God is faithful, that he will never allow us to be tempted or to go through difficulties that are too much for us, that we are unable to bear. Amen. And also to know that nothing that is happening in terms of hardship or challenges is anything that is new to mankind. Everyone is tested. Everyone has problems at one time or another. So in our last lesson, we looked at the example of Abraham, of whom we are told in verse, actually, sorry, in uh, Hebrews 6 and verse 15, that after he endured patiently, he obtained the promise. Amen. So we see that Abraham was faithful to the promise that God gave him. He stuck to it. He held on to it. And he worked with God until this promise was manifested in his life. So we see that God is faithful. Amen. As we, we just saw in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9, we know that God is faithful. And the Bible tells us so. And it means that in order for us to partake in all that God has for us, we too must be faithful. It takes the union of God's faithfulness with our own faithfulness to experience the manifestation of his word in our lives. Praise God. So it is then when we have shown ourselves faithful and we have worked with the Lord that we will see the fulfillment of Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 28, which tells us that the hope, meaning the earnest expectation of the righteous shall be gladness. Praise God. So God has predestined us, amen, uh, to be like Jesus. He has provided everything that we would ever need to fulfill that destiny. And so we do have what it takes to be in the word, remain in the word, to be steadfast, uh, to, to, to walk and not faint and to fulfill our destiny. Amen. Uh, we must hold on to faith. First of all, we have to acquire faith, and which, is, which happens through the word of God. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, Romans 10 and verse 17. And then we are also told in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 that without faith it is impossible to please God 
For he who comes to him must believe that God is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So we must be diligent in developing confidence in what Jesus has done for us on the cross. We must develop confidence in just taking God at his word. And when we do that, God is pleased. And the result of it is that we get rewarded. But we, we see that if there is no faith to be mixed with the word of God and faith has to come from us. In other words, that's our response to the word of God. So what happens is that we've allowed the enemy to rob us of our spiritual defense and strength. And the only thing that is left at that point is what the enemy wants to offer to us, which is fear and worry. And they will very quickly take over. Because don't forget his agenda to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But faith is our connector to God. And faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Hearing naturally, hearing spiritually, in receiving revelation by the spirit of God as we stay in the word. Hallelujah. This is what is going to take us over into God's plans and purposes for us. So we are told to labor to enter into rest. Amen. Labor speaks of effort. It speaks of work. Amen. It means that we have to abide in the word. We have to study. We have to meditate. We have to pray. And we have to hold on to the confession of our faith in the face of contradictory circumstances. Everything can look bleak in the natural, but the confession of our faith must line up with the word of God. We have faith in the word. So if we are speaking, we must be speaking the word. Hallelujah. We must be walking by faith and not by sight. And grow, allow the, the spirit of God, the word of God to grow us up to a point where it doesn't matter what the storm is on the outside, but our trust is in God alone. Our trust is not in men. It is not in circumstances, but it is in God alone. So we must trust God to do the impossible in spite of our natural feelings and reason. Because let's remember that whatever we believe will become our experience, whether it is good or whether it is bad. So. Our labor 
is to abide in the word. And in the process of abiding in the word, we learn to also guard our heart. Amen. Guard our heart. Let me read um, this scripture that speaks of abiding in the word. It's taken from the book of John, uh, Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 7 and 8, which says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Amen. So abiding, meaning staying with the word, taking the word in, amen, uh, meditating on it, allowing the Holy Spirit to operate in us, amen, to work that work in us, mixing the word with, you know, in our spirit with the revelation that he has in that word, what happens is it ends up bringing to, you know, bringing us to a place of oneness, amen, oneness with God, oneness with the word. And from that place of oneness, when we open our mouth to pray, to speak to God about whatever the subject is, then we are doing it under the action of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So our asking becomes uh, something that originates from the heart of God. Amen. And when we ask under such action, which is the Holy Spirit's action, then we know that our prayers cannot fail. We ask and it is done unto us. That is why he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you you shall ask what you will and it will be done unto you. Amen. And we will we see also in the next verse, verse 8, because the end purpose is that God should always be glorified. And the way that God is glorified in us, amen, and through us is that we bear much fruit. Hallelujah. And the one who is causing this fruit this fruitfulness in our lives is the Holy Spirit who is at work with us as we cooperate with him. And uh, as I mentioned also, we, we learn in the process of working with the Lord to, um, to keep our heart. Amen. It's very important that, not, that we abide in the word and that we guard our heart. Actually, we cannot abide if we are not guarding because the enemy will steal it. That's why the Bible tells us to keep. If we didn't have something precious to be stolen, we would not even be told to keep it. It's because it is precious. So as we keep it, hallelujah, then we are abiding 
and we are also growing in God. So Proverbs 4 and verse 23 tells us, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Amen. Learning how to guard our heart um, is a process. Amen. And if I can call it even a daily struggle, to live by faith is to believe God until the vision that he's given us comes to pass. So consequently, we must be willing to keep doing the word of God, to follow God's instructions every step of the way. When God says, we ought to speak his word. When he says to step out, we ought to step out. We have to be willing to challenge things in the natural and be bold and show ourselves knowledgeable. Amen. That's why a child of God cannot just be lazy. Amen. We have to acquire knowledge. Amen. First of all, knowledge of the word and then knowledge about every other thing that helps us in life. We, we have to, to challenge whatever is happening in the status quo of the world, the system of the world, with our skills, with our cleverness, because God has given us all these wonderful things. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us that it is God, hallelujah, through his wisdom, who gives us the, the wisdom, the knowledge of witty invention. Amen. So it means that we must enforce Satan's defeat by doing what the Bible tells us. We must be about asking, asking God in prayer, in knocking in prayer the barriers that the enemy has placed on our path. We must be about commending Satan out of our lives uh, and demolishing the strongholds that we may have within us. Oftentimes when we look at um, you know, our challenges, we have a tendency of pointing the finger you know, to something or someone other than ourselves. But there is a warfare, and this is the greatest warfare, if I can say, uh, it is to fight the enemy, enemies within. Amen. Because once we've got our lives in order, then the anointing is able to flow in us and through us and take care of everything on the outside of us. So we must be about demolishing strongholds, for example, of fear, of anger, of unforgiveness of um, you know, cold love, of, of prejudice, and everything, the Bible tells us, to, 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 to cut down everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. Amen. And so uh, this takes a, a willingness and a, a, a passion to want to follow after Christ. Amen. And at the same time, learn to be willing to express ourselves in a bold, in a loving way, in a kind manner, in 
spite of what might be happening around us, in spite of public opinion, in spite of discriminating attitude, in spite of the way that we may have been treated or rejected in the past. Praise God. And, uh, you know, all this in spending time with the Lord and in the Word builds us up. Hallelujah. That's why we read this passage that says, let patience have her perfect work. There is something happening inside of us. Amen. As we are learning to, 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 to fight the enemy, as we are waging this good fight of faith, the Bible calls it good because it assures us that, you know, the end, the outcome, which is we are already more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. We have the victory. But not only that, but God is shaping us. He is changing us. He is conforming us to the image of Christ. Hallelujah. So in the process, while this is happening, we learn to understand the inheritance that the Lord has for us better. Amen. And also how do we quest it in the name of Jesus? And we become more and more determined to keep pushing forward and not to settle for anything less. Amen. And so, you know, there are, there are, or there will be trials along the way. But the Lord assures us, he says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but he, the Lord, delivers the righteous out of them all. Amen. Psalm 34 and verse 19 that I just quoted here. So for believers who have made the, who have been made the righteousness of God in Christ, Surrender is not an option. So we surrender to the Lord, but yet we learn to fight aggressively and obtain our inheritance with perseverance, with steadfastness. Amen. Uh, Jesus himself says um, in Matthew 11, and verse 12, he says, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, you know, there are people who, uh, no matter what, uh, they are always positioned above the challenges. And, uh, you know, if Christ is in us, we have to have this mindset that we have the unshakable and enduring word of God in us. And that word is a seed of elevation. And just think of it in, um, if we were to take of Old Testament people, characters like Abraham, Moses, Joshua, David, Daniel, you know, they all lived under covenant, which was inferior to what born-again believers have in the New Testament. And the Bible actually calls it a better, what we have is a better covenant established under better promises. It's a more glorious covenant, one that Jesus sealed in, in his blood 
for us. Amen. All that was done for us on our behalf. And it is an eternal covenant. Praise God. It cannot be reversed. It is a done deal. And so, you know, yet when we look at these Old Testament people, we see that they accomplished great things. And the reason being was that God was with them and they chose to walk by faith. This is it. God spoke to them and they followed through. And yet in that old covenant, we see what God was able to accomplish in their lives. They knew what God said. They took, they received it by faith and they moved with God. For example, we see that God told Joshua in the very first chapter of the book of Joshua in verse nine, God commanded Joshua to be strong. And this is what he told him. He said, have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage, be not afraid and neither thou be dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Amen. So here the Lord was speaking to Joshua, whom he had chosen to lead the people after the death of Moses. And that was not an easy you know, task for Joshua. It, it, was, it was a challenge to step into Moses' shoes. But God told Joshua that he was, as he was with Moses, so he will be with him. You see, so God is speaking. So these are words that God is speaking to Joshua. The same way today we have the word of God. Praise God. And not only that, we have the spirit of God living inside of us. Amen. To reveal that word to us. And so God told Joshua to be strong and of good courage and not to be afraid and not to be dismayed. Why? Because fear and dismay are opposite forces to faith. So God knew that this would be a problem that Joshua was going to have to face. And so God told him, this may happen, that the enemy will try to inject those thoughts in your mind, but don't receive them. God says, don't be afraid. Don't, in other words, these things are there, and you have a choice. You can either accept them or reject them. Because You see, if you are afraid and dismayed, then you cannot be strong and of a good courage. So God is telling him, I want, this is what I want for you in order to accomplish your mission. And so two things you have to do. One, you have to be strong, or in other words, be courageous. Amen. And, and resist also, um, you know, the, the, the things there that the, the enemy tries to bring against your, your mind. Resist fear and do not be dismayed. Dismay means to fill with dread or apprehension. Amen. So we, we can, for example, look at our personal, personal life and ask ourselves, have we ever fought um, apprehension, in other words, anxiety about the future? Normally, we don't think about, you know, have apprehension about the past. The past is gone. It's done. It's about what's going to happen next. And that's what creates, the enemy wants to create in us, a spirit of 
worry, a spirit of anxiety. And, uh, you know, we have to ask ourselves, you know, like have the problems that we have faced or that are facing us now personally, or let's go beyond personally. Let's look at, for example, the problems in our nation or even on, on a worldwide level. Amen. Have we uh, have these problems, have we allowed them to intimidate us or to discourage us? And if we are looking at life right now with apprehension, it means that we have allowed the spirit of fear to creep in and we are dismayed. You see, the Lord does not automatically work in us regardless of what we think or do. He flows through us when there is the environment that we create through his word allows him to do so. So if we get discouraged or dismayed, we stop the process. Amen. Um, it's not him who doesn't want to flow, but we ourselves stop that process. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20 says that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Amen. So the phrase according to means in proportion to or to the degree of the power that is working in us. So God flows through people. And if we allow ourselves to become discouraged, then we stop the flow of God's power. But if we can maintain our focus on Jesus and his word in the midst of a storm, in the midst of a trial, we can walk on the water of the of circumstance. Amen. In other words, we can use what the enemy had meant for evil and allow it to become a stepping stone to higher ground because this is how God is going to lead us. It doesn't come from us. It comes from God working in us, receiving our faith and our cooperation and taking us to higher ground. Amen. So let's say that we are to get, uh, you know, someone gets a, a bad report from the doctor or at work, you learn that, you, you know, there's a possibility that you might be laid off. Or let's say that there are problems in the marriage or, you know, a child, problems with a child who's gone wayward. The question is, can we still be positive in the midst of these circumstances. You see, it's going to take a deliberate effort. Remember, labor to enter into rest. Amen. So this work here, this labor, is what is so crucial here to keep us positive. Amen. It will take a deliberate effort. It's crucial. Amen. We need to recognize that the enemy is using the evil and the negative things of this world to discourage us. And, and even if they are not our own personal issues, like I mentioned, you know, second ago, 
just think about worldwide situation or our things going on in our nation. Just listening to the news nowadays can cause us to be discouraged or dismayed. I sat down just watching the news a couple of days ago, and in less than 10 minutes, I, was, I felt saturated uh, with bad news. I said to myself, I've been sitting here and everything I've heard so far is negative. There is nothing good. And so in an environment as, as, such as this one, we have to learn to resist the work of the enemy bombarding our you know, mind with negativity. Because when that happens, we not only lose our peace, we lose our joy, we lose our hope, but worst of all, it causes our love for God to grow cold. We may not realize that, but little by little, that's how the enemy, you know, uh, you know robs us. He, most of the time, it's not a huge attack. It's a little bit here, a little bit there. The little foxes that grow in the vine, and before we know it, you know, we've become, we've gone from, you know, red hot to lukewarm, and we wonder what happened. Well, what happened was that we were not guarding our heart. Amen. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 26 and uh, verse 3 that the Lord, he says, will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon him because he trusts, you know, this person trusts in him. Amen. We have to keep our mind on the Lord and on the things of God. That's what it means to guard our heart. Our peace is linked directly to what we think, to what we hear, to the information that we allow inside of us. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Amen. We keep receiving enough information about something. We finally yield to it without even realizing that. So, in this time that we live in, we are connected to this world through technology, all, you know, communications all over the place. And, um, you know, no group of Christians, I believe, ever had this opportunity uh, to, to, to be, you know, so connected to everything that is going on around. And so we end up reading and listening or watching the same uh, junk as the world does. And so inevitably, what we are reaping are the same results as the world. Because we've been sowing, you cannot be, you know, sowing, let's say, apple seeds and hope to get an orange tree that will give you oranges. So whatever we sow, we reap. So if we spend our time, um, you know, engrossed in the things of the world, our life will not be any different from them. Simply put, I think the, the world has a saying that says, uh, garbage in, garbage out, amen. And so the Bible, on the other hand, tells us, you become what you behold. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter three and verse 18 tells us that, that we become what we behold. 
So in order for us to be strong and of a good courage, uh, it means that we are going to have to swim against the current. It's not something that is normal. It's going to require hard work. It's going to, it's going to be a fight. And we need to be saturated with the word of God that is going to empower us to, to wage that, 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 that fight, to wage that war. So uh, it's going to take us a special effort and to remain full of the word. And you know what happens when we remain full of the word? Rather than be anxious, rather than be, you know, uh, um, dismayed, this is what happens, what Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16 says. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Hallelujah. Notice, rather than, you know, be down, we are up, we are teaching, we are admonishing one another in psalm, hymns, and spiritual songs, and singing with grace to the Lord. You know, this is a place of faith, a place of love, of peace, of joy, a place of rejoicing. And, you know, God did not create us to operate out of stress and worry, but rather from a place of rest. Amen. And so as Christians, we have to learn that confidence in God it should be our objective. Amen. And decide that no matter what comes our way, there is no reason to be anxious about anything. God has given us peace, a peace that the world cannot take. Amen. The world did not give it to us. The world cannot take it away from us. But we have to purpose to receive it and hold on to it. So the Lord tells us in Philippians 4, verse 6, 6 through 7, it says, be careful for nothing, but in everything, it, by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So we see that God is working with us. Amen. His word is there available to us for every situation, for every, any time of the day. Hallelujah. Uh, we, we have his word, his unchangeable word. And so, you know, we need to really, it's essential for us to examine ourselves, to be honest with ourselves, to see if indeed we are walking in faith. Um, otherwise, we are really fooling ourselves. Second Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 5 instructs us. It says this, examine yourself, whether you be in faith. Prove your own selves. Amen. Um, there's nothing like being honest with oneself. Uh, it, it, it's, it's necessary. Hallelujah. All the time. Uh, James chapter uh, 1 verses 22 to 25 also says, it says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, 
deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goes his way and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. But whoso looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, he not being a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Amen. So truly, we have to ask ourselves, are we walking in faith? Are we doers of the word? Amen. Or have we become forgetful hearers? Uh, so what kind of questions in that case? Each of us must be asking himself or herself. Well, you know, we can start by asking, is Christ truly the Lord of my life? Not just Savior. I'm fireproof. I'm not going to go to hell, so I can go ahead and live anyhow. No. Is Christ truly the Lord of my life? Am I ready to accept and act upon his word? Am I willing to invest the time and effort necessary to receive what God has for me? Do I acknowledge and will I acknowledge the source of my supply? Or do, do I think I'm all that and that I just happen to have this because, because of what we don't know? rather than giving God the glory for everything good that we have comes from him. Every good and every perfect gift comes from him. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so, you know, we also have to ask ourselves, can we be trusted with what God places in our hands? Uh, God's word about his blessing and abundance only come alive in our life when we are ready to receive it. Amen. By ready, in other words, that we, we are prepared spiritually and, uh, well, and have done all the other preparations that need to happen. Amen. And we can be good stewards of what God gives us. Hallelujah. So if we are willing to tell ourselves the truth, um, then this self-examination will reveal one of, or of two things. Number one is going to show us whether or not we are ready to prepare to go higher in God. Hallelujah. I didn't necessarily say to go to an easier walk. No, to a higher walk. As a matter of fact, the higher, the more challenging things get. Amen. But however, this walk will take us to this, the path of abundant life and blessing. Or what may happen is that this self-examination will reveal to us that there are areas of our life that, are, that still need work, that are still not set apart for God. And if there are any such areas, then we need to get serious with God. Seek him in prayer for his life-changing power to come in our heart and take over. Amen. 
So remember what was said about Abraham, um, that after he endured patiently, he obtained the promise. Notice that he did not say the next day or the next month or even the next year that he saw the manifestation of the promise. It says that Abraham had patiently persevered and endured, and he obtained the promise. You know, it is clearly stated that it was not by faith alone, but also with perseverance, with steadfastness, day in and day out, week after week, month after month. And after he had patiently endured, he obtained. Hallelujah. What did he obtain? Sarah. I'm sorry. Well, Sarah and him had their son. Isaac was born against all odds. Sarah had been barren, and now she was old. She was way past the age of childbearing. But you see, Abraham had learned this, and Sarah took him to that place of faith, that with God, all things are possible, that nothing is never uh, too far gone, that it's never too late or never too hard. If God has given a promise, then it shall be as he says, if we be taken at his word, if we believe. And it's going to take faith and that something else that we are talking about tonight, steadfastness, diligence, perseverance, faithfulness, to make it through to the end of that thing, whatever it is that God has promised us. So can we see ourselves pressing through to the finish line. Amen. Let's um, read again a couple of verses which um, we saw in our last lesson from uh, Hebrews chapter 10. We are looking at verses 35 and 36, and then we will go to 38 and 39. Verse 35 says, do not throw away your confidence, which has great compensation of reward. You need patience so that when you do God's will, you may receive the promise. Amen. Now, verse 38 uh, and verse 39. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Amen. So we are told that there is great reward, great compensation of reward for those who do not throw away their confidence. Those who show themselves patient, they will receive the promise. And as a just person, as a righteous person, we are called to live by faith and not to draw back to perdition. So the question is, what is the challenge that we might now be facing? Maybe we have believed in God's promise and we have prayed, we have confessed the word and we are asking ourselves, so what next? Well, what happens next reveals what we are really made up of whether we are spiritual babes or spiritually mature people, 
You see, if the symptoms of whatever challenge or difficulty we are facing or persist after we have prayed, let's say that the money is still not there or the pain has not gone away yet and the problem is still looking at us in the face and things actually look more bleak now than ever. We are asking ourselves, what next? Well, it's certainly not time to entertain thoughts of depression or discouragement and throwing the towel. We need to remember that we all go to trials. That's part of being human in an evil world. And God's word to us now is what it has always been. That after having done all, stand. Stand, God says. We may say, well, we have been standing. The question is, are you still standing? Will you keep on standing? And yes, that too can be tiring. You can become weary. But the Bible says, it is, you become weary when you allow yourself to become weary. Because by considering those who have gone ahead of us, like, for example, Abraham, how long did he have to wait for the promise? Well, we all know the story. It took years, decades, but he did obtain the promise. So as Christians who desire to fulfill God's plans for our lives, we must be relentless in the pursuit of God's promises and of the dreams that grow out of our personal faith. God knows it all, including the attacks that will challenge the hope that he has placed in us. And so he encourages us. He encourages us. He entreats us not to be lazy, but to be diligent to the end. Yes, there is an end. There is a destination where he's taking us. And he tells us to follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. You see, when Jesus arose from the dead, he left and eternally defeated Satan behind him. And he has made all things possible for us. And he did that because he loves us, because he wants the best for us, because he has great plans for us to give us a future and an expected end. And he wants to see the victory of Jesus over Satan being manifested in the lives of his people. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is looking for determination in us. Determination like Abraham's, like David, like the Apostle Paul, who was stoned, but yet got up and pressed on to fulfill his mission, refused to die, 
like even the Shunammite woman in 2 Kings chapter 4, who persevered until she received her son back from the dead. Like them, we must pursue our enemies until they are consumed. And it is, in fact, this aggressive attitude of the heart that causes us to grow and to mature as Christians. Look how Jesus was aggressive toward his spiritual enemies. And the message to us is that there is no neutral ground. There is no room for spiritual laziness in God's kingdom, in God's army, as soldiers of Christ. Hallelujah. The kingdom is within us. The Bible tells us in Luke 17, 21. And we must rule and reign from within. So as we honor our commitment to God's plans and purposes by being doers of the word, amen, by putting on the armor of righteousness, by maintaining a spirit-filled manner of life, by confessing the word that we have believed. The Holy Spirit himself will do his part. He will keep us fresh. He will keep us full of supernatural ability so that what is written in Romans chapter 5 and verse 17 becomes fulfilled in our lives. Romans 5.17 says, For if by one man's offense death reigns through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, that is you and I, hallelujah, will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. So if we press on, if we show ourselves steadfast, immovable, our blessings will manifest in due time and we will become witnesses of God's kingdom to the glory of his holy name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you and we praise you in the name of Jesus for your grace that is at work in your people to enlighten to, and to transform us. And also we thank you for anointing us afresh to consistently push forward to remain steadfast until we experience the inheritance that you have prepared for us. We thank you, Lord, for reminding us that you have already purchased for us our freedom and our success. And all things are possible to us because we have you and because all things are possible in you. So we stand, O oh Lord, on your word, on your promise, 
And we purpose not to allow the enemy to derail us from our destiny. Lord, we thank you for renewed strength, renewed joy, oh God, for renewed health, for renewed peace in the name of Jesus. And we move on, claiming our inheritance, holding on to the promise that the vision is yet for an appointed time. And it will surely come as we move with you in faith. So, Father, by your grace, we will fight the good fight of faith. We will be steadfast and diligent to press forward to possess all our inheritance. Not some, but all our inheritance. To the glory of your most holy name and for our own rejoicing. Father, we give you all glory, all honor, and all praise. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Now to him who is able to keep us from stumbling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forevermore. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. We thank you for joining us tonight. We invite you to come again next Wednesday at the same time.